Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast Summer Series. And might I just say, Happy New Year! Happy New Year to Happy each and New every year. one of you. I hope it was a cracker of a, uh, a new year. I can almost certainly say that ours was not uh, overhyped. <laughs> we spent the new year at home. <laughs> I feel like New Year's is one of those nights that, like, not it's not relevant so much anymore, but I used to always have it hyped up in my head. It's like, it's going to be all-time legendary kind of night. And then it was always a bit of a fizzer. Mm. So once I kind of grew up a little bit and realized that if I just relaxed into it, it was always enjoyable, even if it wasn't crazy. Yeah, I don't feel like there's an analogy in there somewhere. Yeah. When we spent our, our New Year very, well, I guess we didn't do much at all, really, because you're finishing your book. Uh, single, You've been very single task orientated. I have, yeah. We've got a trip coming up mid-January and I'm really keen to get uh, the second book finished before we go. So, yeah, it's been kind of nice. I mean, it's been really nice to not have any other work going on. But uh, yeah, that's that's where my attention has yeah. been. Been lots of early mornings, lots of uh, lots of long sessions. But it's uh, 2017, hey? He's yeah. hoping it's going to be a better one than last year. Yeah, I, I think so. Feel, look, I'm I'm com- I'm comfortable in saying that. <laughs> so today's summer series episode actually is a hostful one, which is a little bit different to our normal hostfuls, where we answer listener questions. Uh, this one was inspired by. Joshua, who is, he's been a guest on the show, but he asked me via Facebook how I thought slow living would help us survive a zombie apocalypse. So Joshua knows that I'm like a a massive fan of The Walking Dead and all post-apocalyptic fiction. But the thing that I love about post-apocalyptic fiction is not so much, like the zombies are interesting, but like how would people rebuild civilization? How would we use the skills that we have today to, to restart. And that's the thing that I always find so super fascinating about. So anyway, this, this week's episode is all about the benefits, I guess, of slow living when trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. Very like much tongue in cheek. Oh yeah. Look, we, <laughs> let's just make that really clear. We had a lot of fun doing this one. <laughs> we had so much fun doing this one. We did, there were just a handful of people who kind of missed the fact that we were making light of the situation and uh, they had some, some quite forceful feedback to offer, which was helpful. Uh, but yes, this is very much tongue-in-cheek. We hope you enjoy it. Also, just being the new year, what better time to talk about a simple year? Well, that is true, actually. Uh, so this is our first episode of 2017, which means you've got about, from the day that this is released, about 10 days or so to sign up for a simple year, 2017, which is a guided simplicity course that... I'm running with some of my friends, Courtney Carver, the boys from The Minimalists, uh, Kate Flanders, again, is, is there. She's doing a really good module on um, mindful budgeting and money. Jules Clancy, who's been on the show before, mm-hmm. is running a module about you know simple kitchens and simple food. But head over to slowyourhome.com. There is a tab at the top of the homepage that says Simple You 2017. Click on that and uh, yeah, go and check it out. If you're if you're really looking to make 2017 the year that you start making changes, this course is fantastic for that because it it's never overwhelming. Mm. You yes. know, it's really practical, it's really yeah. hands on, but it's never overwhelming. And everyone gives you you know assignments and things like that to to work through. But there's no deadline, there's no pressure. It's just an introduction to all the different ways we can start slowing down and simplifying. So if mm. you're 
interested, head over. Set Check yourself it out. up for a, for the new year. For a cracker of a year. Treat yourself. <laughs> Enjoy the show. <laughs> feels like a bit of an essay or a dissertation and we've split it up into five sections or five reasons why slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. The first reason is all around the theme of priority and taking Brooke's phrase, you need to understand your why. So Brooke, tell us, why, why is it important to get your priorities straight? when zombies are roaming the streets? Well, I think that there's a few reasons. If you have your priorities messed up at this point in time during the zombie apocalypse, you will probably get eaten. I feel like that's a pretty good reason to to have done some forward thinking in terms of what's important in your life. But to tie it back to slow living, I, I actually I talk about the importance of understanding and discovering and doing the work to know your why. Because from there, everything else becomes easier. It becomes easier to let go of clutter. It becomes easier to say yes to things and say no to things. It genuinely is my number one tip. Before I talk about anything practical, I always suggest that people do the work to figure out what's truly important in their life. And that becomes their reason. That becomes all reasons. And I think that, you know, if you're faced with something as terrifying as a zombie apocalypse, you probably would be able to crystallize those reasons down into one or two really important things. Almost certainly, which would be people, relationships, yep. you know, community maybe, but it's almost always going to be around people. So when, you know, the rubber hits the road and the, the horde is coming, you know what's important. You know who to grab. You know who to hold close. And you also know who you're living for and who you're protecting. Mm when things get messy and scary. So I think if you have those priorities aligned ahead of time, which slow living is all about figuring that stuff out over time and figuring out what's important, you're going to be in a much better position, firstly, to protect those people and also to make decisions based on their protection and survival. But don't you think that that would come naturally for most people, not not for those are all about slow living. Isn't a, isn't a priority about protecting your loved ones just inbuilt? Almost it's, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But in saying that... But we needed a, a, a first reason and that was it. No, no, but, but in saying that, that was the most common reason that people... We've been talking about this on Facebook this week. That was the most, the, the most common reason that people gave for slow living to help in the survival during an apocalypse. It would be because I know what's important. I've already done the work. I've got rid of the clutter. I've got rid of the excess. So the things that I have are things that, you know, that, well, in this instance, it doesn't matter if they bring you joy, but necessarily maybe you want them to bring you ability in killing zombies. But, you know, people, that was the, the most common thing that people responded with. I know what's important. And you do see, I mean, in movies, so it's not real life, and I've never actually been in any kind of apocalyptic situation Mm, yet (laughs) yet but you do see people like carting stuff around you know the silver the family silverware for example or an heirloom or 
I've just finished reading All the Light We Cannot See. And at the beginning of that book, they talk about people on the road who are leaving Paris and that they're carting their, their physical possessions with them. None of which would necessarily help you in that situation, but we feel like we need to take stuff with us. And I think that if you've done the headwork of letting go of the excess, you've, you've kind of put stuff in its place of importance, which is way down. Mm. Not to say that you can't enjoy it now, pre-apocalypse time, or keep some of it during the apocalypse, particularly if it's going to be helpful, but you don't, like, you're not, your identity isn't tied to your stuff, so you're not going to carry it with you when you could put that chair down and carry a bag full of food instead. Yeah, I totally get it. And it, I suppose it also takes away the risk later when, you know, the your core group, you know, your your purpose, your priority they start saying well we should do this instead and you just go back to your priority and say look no this is this is our single overarching priority everyone needs to work to this because we know in the walking dead when the group splits up that's when stuff goes down that's when people die that's when people die that's so true when they get away from their their single goal of like finding safe haven Mm. and just staying there and then they, they either get greedy or they get embroiled in some kind of turf war that's when bad stuff happens so it takes the guesswork and the and the conflict out of it if only rick had listened to this before everything went down exactly (laughs) let's get on to the second reason the second theme and that's all about preparation which we've sort of touched on but you know basically it's all about the essentials exactly You've figured out, you've done the headwork to establish what the essentials are in life. And in this instance, it would be food. It would be some form of shelter or protection and probably like weaponry. But as someone very wisely pointed out in on the Facebook. On the Facebook. On the, on the, on Facebook. the Facebook, which you can find on the internets, that a lot of slow living is kind of really quite closely tied with sustainability and self-sufficiency. So a lot of people who have uh, adopted a slower lifestyle have, have either started to grow some of their own food or at least they understand how that works and the importance of being able to become self-sufficient. But let's say you have a suburban house and you have a small veggie patch. You might have some chickens. You might even have uh, solar panels. The coming kind of zombie apocalypse you can pretty much just fortify your suburban home and survive in that suburban home for a while. You get eggs from your chickens, you get food from the veggie garden. It might not be very fulfilling. Or diverse. Or, or di- but, but. But this is a, a zombie apocalypse. That's right. We can't, we can't be you know, picky about what we eat. Survivors can't be choosers. That's right. And then I guess the other side of it is... With slow living and, you know, growing your own food, a lot of people do, uh, they preserve their harvest. You know, they might have a cellar or they might do pickling or they might, you know, make things that keep for a long period of time and they've got that hidden away in the cupboard. So you kind of got that prepper, you know, the doomsday prepper thing. Mm. You kind of got that, that element to it as well. So you could potentially add a couple more weeks of survival time to your, you know, to your timeline there. Let me just... Uh... Go and check on this dog. <laughs> okay, let's let's come back a little bit because I think we're getting into that third f- theme a little bit. But with the preparation, do you also think that a slow house and you know when we we talk about you know not needing extras, you know it's all about 
decluttering yes. and consolidating and and as a result you might live in a smaller house yeah that i think is probably better equipped to deal with a zombie apocalypse because you think of like herschel's farm in the walking dead how it's like sprawling and there's like so many entry points yeah. and you know weak points and all that sort of thing i just think like a smaller house and a smaller area would be better because you'd be able to quickly fortify any issues that weaknesses that would happen That's because true. of the zombies fewer windows to like to board over yeah fewer doors to man yeah i like your thinking see tiny homes tiny homes that's what I, I guess that's what i was talking about yeah because you've got one door and one room and if a zombie's trying to get in you'll be aware of it yeah hmm, i like that you're but you're right too you would have decluttered your home hmm. and someone <laughs> someone told me that one of the major reasons that people seem to die in The Walking Dead is because they walk into a house and they trip over random crap on the floor. Oh, yes. Like the number of people who have been mauled because they trip over a kettle or something that someone's just dropped there in the middle of the floor. Get stuck in furniture (laughs) and drop something on their foot. Alerting the zombies to their presence there. The zombies hear them, the zombies rush them, they die. Mm. So had you decluttered before the apocalypse, that mightn't have happened. See, there's another reason to get rid of the excess stuff. I think that is actually very, very important. Equally important is our third theme, which is all about self-sufficiency. And you spoke about being able to grow your own food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were talking about chickens and, um, yeah, livestock and all that sort of thing. What are some of the other really important things that that people that are living a slower life understand more about self-sufficiency so i think like people who live a slower life understand the essentials and as i mentioned before those essentials are really basic so shelter somewhere that you can lock yourself away stay out of the elements and also avoid the masses food doesn't again doesn't need to be flashy doesn't need to be fancy or varied it just needs to keep you alive and protection so I think those things are super, and power and energy would be, you think about a world where all the infrastructure has failed because there's no one there to run it or maintain it. Yeah. Can you imagine how, how important and how uh, valuable it would be to have solar power mm. or like a heat pump or some, some other kind of off the Does grid? Alexandria, again, sorry, another Walking Dead reference, does that, do, they, do they have solar panels? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because it was, if, I don't know if you remember, but it was built as an off-the-grid kind of community. Yeah, and okay. it was never 100% finished, I don't think, yep. before the, the zombies hit. And then they just fortified it. And it was pretty much self-sufficient. Like it had places to grow food and it had big, pa- right. big banks of solar panels as well. So that's why they lasted as long as they did. Well, exactly. Yeah. But that's also why they come under attack. Which is the other thing, mm. I suppose, mm. because other people want what they have. But I'm not getting into that particular, <laughs> particular. Uh, no, we're not getting into that. The politics of it. Okay, yeah, we've we've sort of covered self sufficiency. So, the fourth theme is all about mental strength, mm. and this is one pretty close to you. So, tell us why that's really important. Well, I think some of these the skills that you have, you can potentially develop as a person who is you know, trying to live a slower, more intentional, more mindful life 
could actually help keep you sane during something like this, genuinely, and also would help you find like pockets of calm and clarity where everything is full of panic and terror. So there's, I mean, two kind of elements to that. Meditation, which is more the specific practice of sitting down and finding that quiet or that ability to let your thoughts just drift in and out without actually engaging engaging with them. And I know myself, again, not been in a zombie situation before, but have been in stressful situations. And the fact that I've been learning to meditate this year has given me greater scope to deal with stressful situations without actually becoming stressed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like I don't lose my head like I used to. Mm. I'm able to kind of just take half a step back, see what's going on, see what my thoughts are doing, see what my you know propensity is to which action and then figure out which one is actually going to be the most helpful. So it sort of gives you this really rapid fire analytical ability to to judge a, like a, a situation, a stressful situation and say, I don't know if that would help or not, but I'd like to think that it would. I think so. <laughs> The other side of it then is when you're safe, like when you're relatively safe, if you're in your little compound or if you're, you know, you've found an RV or something and there seems to be no walkers. Immediate threats. Immediate threats. You can practice little moments of mindfulness. Really, you can just focus on how beautiful the flower is or the sunshine or the fact that you're not being chased right this second you could be grateful for fresh water or an apple tree that you discovered on a farm in the middle of nowhere. You know, and just practice those moments of mindfulness and find little tiny beauties in amidst the absolute ruination of society. Again, I, I, I think that that element, especially in The Walking Dead, whenever a character's looking up at the sky and birds and trees, a zombie just comes and attacks them. So just make sure <laughs> that you've got a scout or a lookout while you're doing your yeah, mindfulness there be exercises. Some kind of roster of mindfulness, and you've got your your guards who are on guard. Get it? They're guarded, and then you've got your people practicing mindfulness, and you take turns. I will say though, if you're decide you've decided to kind of look at the flowers, don't do it while Carol's around. No, exactly. Mental strength, I think, also would help when dealing with zombies. Yeah, see, this is, you mean in terms of killing them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually like saying you you don't really kill. Well, they're dead. They're reanimated corpses. Yeah, you can't really kill something that's already dead. That's the bit that I don't know how I would go with in, uh, in the zombie apocalypse because I, I think... That's probably one of the reasons where slow living will be bad for you mm. in the zombie because you're very compassionate. You know, I think as you learn to live a more intentional, mindful, open-hearted kind of life, which I think is all tied to to the idea of slow living in a less practical way, but in a more kind of spiritual way, you become more compassionate. Mm. And that might make it harder but to then- make the difficult calls, which is to put, you know, a weapon through Again, go back to your priority. That's true. Your single overarching priority is to protect those and the ones that you love. Well, that would be me. But so anything that gets in the way of that need to be dealt with. That's very true. I like that. So it makes a tough decision slightly less tough. Yeah. Because you know what's important. Yeah. The other thing, though, and this, this might be controversial, Part of me, watching things like 
um, like The Walking Dead, but even other like post-apocalyptic or dystopian future fictions and movies and things like that, I see the way that the environment rebounds when the vast majority of the population has been wiped out. And it interests me to see what would happen, not that I'm wishing it would happen, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what would happen to the planet if something like that occurred and how... I don't know how much of an impact we are having on the planet mm. and how much, how quickly and how, how, you know, beautifully nature would reclaim things. I don't know. I find that really interesting. Someone once mentioned, once mentioned to me that there was a book or a series of books about that. And I can't for life rem- me remember what the author's name was or what the titles of the books were. So if anyone listening knows that, please let me know because I've been mm. trying to find it. I'd just love to know what the earth would do and how people would then have mm. to relearn how to survive. I mean, Margaret Atwood's books talk about that quite uh, a lot, particularly the Oryx and Crake trilogy, the Mad Adam trilogy. But uh, that's not zombies specifically, but it is an apocalypse. Well, if it's not zombies, it has no place in this podcast. <laughs> I'm very sorry. The fifth theme on why slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Like, just, do you feel ridiculous every yep. time you say it? <laughs> That's why I keep saying it. <laughs> it's all about your, um, your fitness and health and the priority that you give to fitness and health when you are, um, you know, you're, you're, living, you're slowing down, you're living a more intentional life. So give us some examples of that. So a big part of slow living for a lot of people, again, not universal, but a lot of people generally over time will start focusing more on their their health and their fitness. They might start going for longer walks. They might pick up running or yoga or going to the gym or swimming or something, you know, some kind of physical activity that brings them joy and that helps them to really connect with their bodies and, you know, feeling well and healthy. So a big part of that in terms of the zombie apocalypse, is that your physical fitness will be at a higher level than it might have been without slow living. So you will potentially be able to run a little bit longer or a little bit faster. You might be able to kick a door open when needed or scale a fence. Yeah, nice. Carry heavy things like cans of food or potentially weapons. All the cans of food I have are so heavy. (laughs) If you have a hundred of them. It's true. Who's to say when you stumble across an unlooted grocery store? Yeah, you might go to Audi. <laughs> yeah, you might go to Audi. Or Costco. Yeah. <laughs> You're just keeping it international. Yeah, Costco sorry, I had to, had to throw Costco in there. But I think that, like, that you would have more, um, what's the word, stamina. Mm. So more endurance. St- more endurance. So I think that that's something to not discount. Also, people who... You know, try living a slower life. Often focus on more nutrient-rich foods. So oh, again, you can have much en- more energy. More energy. Maybe they would be. They would have maybe a stronger immune system, so that if there's an infection or something like that that they pick up on the road, obviously there's not going to be antibiotics and medicines readily available. But mm. maybe their bodies would be more equipped to fight off little, you know, little problem illnesses. Mm. See. It's another way that slow living will help you survive the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) 
So they're the five themes in our dissertation of how slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. I'm sure there's many more. We'd love to hear from you guys on other reasons why. But before we go, we thought we'd just leave you with what I'm calling the meta thought of the day. And that's to put yourself in or empathize with the zombies. So put yourself in the the head of a zombie. Think about this. Zombies are actually the ones that are living a slower life. Look, from most of them are actually moving and 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 operating at a slow pace. They talk slowly. <laughs> they walk slowly, and they've also got this single focus, this single-minded focus. And I won't go into exactly what that is, but at least they're single-tasking. They are. They're the ultimate single-tasking. Aren't they? You know, they're not all about the rat race. They're not all about keeping up with the Joneses, unless the Joneses', Joneses brains are in front of them. But they're not. They're, they're just. They're not about you know keeping up with people. They're not about possessions. They're all about you know focusing on the task at hand and getting it done. They're free and easy, aren't they? Zombies. They really are. They don't really have a care in the world. <laughs> so anyway, that sort of flips the argument on its proverbial undead head. So I think the takeaway here is no matter which side of the apocalypse you're on, mm. you might find yourself a zombie, mm. which would be unfortunate for yourself and everyone who you love. But like there's there's a silver lining there. You know, you get to live a completely free and easy, focused, goal-oriented life, lived at a slow pace, usually. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's something to be gained in that. But the other side, which is, you know, I'm an advocate for, is adopting your slow living practices into life during the apocalypse. And then once maybe someone comes up with a cure, right? I don't know what that might be. But if the zombies all just disappear or stop being a problem overnight. Or stop being zombies. Or stop being zombies, that's right. You'll be able to help contribute to the rebirth of society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing. And you'll be able to contribute to that being, you know, a, a, a much less materialistic, uh, you know, society. It will be much more focused on community, self-sustainability. Yeah. So I think. Nice. Yeah. This is good. This is a good conclusion. I, I think it's a good conclusion to our dissertation. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was that was well done by me. <laughs> The references to this dissertation will be included in the um, show in notes the show. Nice. Um, and all the the work that the, the, the whole heap of work that we've done in putting this together. <laughs> <laughs> many, many hours, many hours spent. So thanks, Joshua. That was that was fun. And thanks to all the listeners for giving us the ammunition, permission to do this whole podcast on this theme. It was, it was lots of fun. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Back to normal programming as of next week. As of next week. Never fear. So, yeah, head, actually head to the show notes, slowyourhome.com slash 110. We'll have links to a few of our favorite zombie movies, um, comics, etc. And head over to Facebook if you want to continue talking about it. In the meantime, have a cracking week. Rapid FM.
for your ears. Who is that? Hi, podcast.